Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. In this week's episode, I make Nico cry as he brings back repressed memories of the Mexico lost in the Gold Cup. Uh, we talk about a couple of uh, matches for FC Dallas uh, uh, on the road at Seattle and then back home against uh, Austin, Texas. So welcoming me today is Nico Mendez. How's it going, Nico? Doing pretty well. Really, really tired after this past week's experiments late night experiments but you know we're doing good we're, we're we're back at the back in the back in the grind of things and you know you said <laughs> fortunate gold cup didn't go our way but you know uh mexico did get bronze at the olympics so that's also a plus in soccer and a bunch of other medals but i'll spare the pod listener mexico's performance at the olympics so, so you're saying it's it's not a coincidence that last week you skipped the pod just right after uh right after mexico lost I mean, oh, geez, you know, let's see what FC, you know, I came back from the lab and then I saw FC Dallas got that road win against uh, Kansas City. So I made a tweet about it and then I was like, OK, you know, got a, got a little streak going. Uh, North Texas was, I think, tied and then Gold Cup happened and I was like, OK, you know, maybe maybe, maybe there's some good luck right there. And Mexico did not pull it off. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and then we got, you know, the Seattle game and Austin game that we're about to talk about. So. I mean, I'm not going to take credit for it, but there's uh, maybe some causation, some correlation. I, I think there definitely is. So, so Nico, thank you for not joining the pod for a couple of weeks and letting FC Dallas get uh, get some points under their belt. Um, so, so you guys that are listening now, it's unfortunate now that uh, FC Dallas is going to go back down uh, the toilet and probably lose a bunch of matches in a row now that Nico's back. But It hey. quite honestly is my fault, so I'll, I take full blame for this. All right, so let's let's rewind a little bit. Uh, so on Wednesday night, FC Dallas went to Seattle. Uh, late night game is always for us watching here in, in the Dallas area. Uh, they're able to eke out a one-one draw uh, in Seattle. Nico, do you want to just I guess take us quickly through that match and any uh, any key takeaways you've got? Right. So any road game at Seattle, FC Dallas is kind of like playoff nemesis there. So. Um, after coming off of the Kansas City win, you know, people were feeling pretty good, hopeful that maybe FC Dallas could be competitive and kind of grind out a result. And, um, I mean, it's, it's Seattle on the road. So it it looked like Seattle was pretty much, uh, in, in good control throughout the game. Uh, some really nervy moments just for FC Dallas, Seattle doing really well attacking through the middle, um, from the eye test, but Jimmy Maurer really helping keep the team uh, in the game and really you kind of begin to see the I guess growth this really strong growth of Nkosi Tafari um, he also had a really big game uh, in that side but it in terms of the scoring and like the actual action really didn't happen until the second half um, with uh, Montero getting the goal in the 72nd minute um, and it looking like FC Dallas is oh man about to have another road loss but uh, kind of in right in stoppage time <laughs> everyone's favorite three million Close to $3 million striker, Franco Hari, gets uh, 
brings it back level and assisted by the uh, aforementioned Nkosi Tafari right there. So 1-1 draw and a road point at Seattle, which is really a big win for any team. Oh, it's 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 a huge win. I think this is, uh, I think FC Dallas is, well, I mean, it's 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 a point, but I think they've only gotten uh, two wins in uh, in Seattle all time. I can't remember exactly what their tie record was, but obviously going to Seattle, getting a point, um, keeping the streak alive is 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 great. Did you did you get a chance to see the uh, uh, the person pull on the pull on the shirt? You know that a lot of Seattle fans were upset about. I definitely did see that. That was uh, <laughs> very interesting. What 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 are you thinking? Uh, red or uh, PK? No PK. Ooh. No idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a little bit easier when you're watching it on the broadcast and then slow motion and multiple angles versus for the referees. And well, I guess that's kind of the whole point of VAR <laughs> because in the slow motion exactly. and multiple angles. But um, no, that was, I actually felt like Seattle had a penalty earlier in the game. I forget. What it was a more, uh, what was it? A kind of what I thought was a, a tad of a late challenge. I don't remember on who, but I get. I felt that one was a bit more of a penalty than the Brisson one. If we're if we're going off of that, yeah, I think the Brisson one. If it was if if the player hadn't fought through it and actually got a shot off, like if they'd actually fallen down, I could have seen that go with PK. But since they did, which which you know, I'd actually prefer we don't see players flop in the box. Um, to, to me, I think it was a a good no call, uh, and so it was you know as, as obviously even uh, as an FC Dallas fan, obviously, but I think even as a neutral, if I was thinking about that and looking at it, I think you know overall, I think it was the the right call. Um, man, it was it was an interesting match, right? It was one where FC Dallas was able to really just kind of stay in it. Uh, you mentioned early that that Jimmy kind of kept them in the match with a couple of big saves early on. Um, kept things even through the through the first half, and then, oh uh, yeah, just, I mean it, it a, a a nice a nice play from uh, from Hara, you know, getting uh, getting his third goal I think for the year at that point, and so, uh, you know, it's a, a million dollars a goal, not bad. Uh, so our our super sub uh, con- continues. Um, that I mean, I don't have a ton more. I mean, it's it's just it's just good to see, you know. I mean, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, as we go on to the Austin match. We're starting to see the the team um, continuously perform well, perform in a cohesive manner, and just find a way to grind out results, which is something they were not able to do early in the in the year, Nico. And so, um, it's it's it was positive, obviously, to see them to go to Seattle, kind of steal a point, is what I what I what I would say, um, and then obviously come back home for. Uh, a game not against really a rival, um, but you know the, against the the new team in town uh, from Austin, who's uh, you know all their all their fans were very excited on Twitter. Uh, they uh, showed up with a pretty big contingent uh, in the stadium. I know that you were watching it uh, watching it online or uh, on TV, Nico. But um, I mean, overall, it was the for the number of people that were there. The 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 first half the stadium was i felt a little bit dead and i think that a lot of that was to do more with the the play on the field than anything um but uh it was uh ended up being a, a pretty pretty fun match for for a fc dallas fan um I'll, I'll i'll just quickly take us through the 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 match so um early on it seemed like uh austin's real strategy well first of all they 
they had a, a, a rotated squad, which interesting enough, if I remember right, when they came here in preseason, they also kind of started a bit early on with a rotated team and then brought in uh, kind of like a, a second line uh, in the second half, which is what you saw this match too. Uh, the team played pretty pretty slowly early on. It seemed like uh, Austin was happy to just uh, leave five in the back, kind of uh, keep FC Dallas playing deep. And both teams were doing a very slow, methodical buildup. Uh, and it, too many giveaways, uh, very little kind of possession with purpose on either side. Uh, and then, you know, through the, through the first, for the, through the first half, really the only real opportunities that I remember was, was a, a couple early on that Austin got where, uh, uh again, uh, Mr. Jimmy Maurer came up and was able to, to, to make a couple of big saves and keep, keep the team in, uh, in the match. Did you, so, so was it just me just sitting there, uh, in the stands? Did it feel like almost a, a, a painful match that first half, Nico? Uh, first impressions that first half definitely was a little slow, um, which is kind of, kind of concerning to just given it's a home game, um, got Austin coming in, uh, and then having kind of those performances on the road, a little concerning from face value. Um, I also don't know if, you know, that could also be part of the, uh, tactics from Lucci in that, uh, aspect um, you've seen similar things with uh, Oscar Pareja at home during the summer where Oscar really had the team play a little more conservative and slower in the first half. Uh, and then in the second half is when the tempo picked up from the team. And, you know, um, I never got to ask Oscar that, but part of me thinks also the reason why I was like that in the summer is just to help these players conserve some energy in the heat. Wait for wait for the sun to go down, let, let it cool off a little bit. Um but yeah, no, then once it's kind of the second half, it was a little bit of a more different game. And what we've seen from FC Dallas, not just in home games, but in just kind of their more recent games, is they've slowly started to build momentum as the match progressed uh, versus kind of the, which is kind of nice because I guess earlier in the season, there was kind of, it, it was very, uh, some high really high moments of intensity and then some really low moments of intensity and kind of just goes back and forth. At least it's in terms of the momentum and intensity, it's a little more consistent now. No, I would, I would agree. And it seemed like both teams were playing a bit conservative um, in, in that, in that first half. And I think there was, there was one point where uh, I think Austin had like a three or four minute buildup. Uh, and then basically kicked the ball uh, across the inline out, out, out of bounds and uh, never even got an opportunity out of it. Um, but things definitely stepped up a little bit in the in the second half. Uh, Lucci made the decision to make a couple of changes, uh, uh, bringing in uh, Acosta uh, in, the, in the middle as well as uh, bringing in uh, Hader O'Brien for uh, for Paxton. First off, I, I think that those those changes. Uh, especially the the passion one, I think was more of I think two things. One was uh, just trying to save some legs, knowing that that we that the team had already played three games in uh, uh, in eight in eight days. Uh, we're about to uh, you know yes, they've got this week off, but then they've got another string of games. I thought thought that you know giving Paxton a little bit of time off was good. Uh, I think the other thing too was that uh, Lucci was looking to to stretch things a little bit from uh, from a defensive perspective. 
because uh, it seemed like in the in the first half a lot of the buildup or the success, the little bit that they did have, uh, was going out to the wings to Shun and using his speed to kind of test the defense. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, having uh, Hader on the uh, come out on the wing is going to give a little bit more verticality to the FC Dallas attack, um, and then just you know bringing in. Uh, uh, Bringing in uh, Acosta back into the midfield, I think, was really just to try to uh, maybe maybe push the game forward a little bit more. I think Acosta is a bit more of a of a aggressive player who's going to you know who's uh, going to look for the opportunities to kind of steal the ball early and push it forward, which is something we didn't see as much from uh, Andre Ricarte. So probably a bit more of a risk taker. Um, and I think to just I think those two two changes are really meant to just uh up the tempo from uh, from FC Dallas and it really paid off in the 50th minute when uh um Mr. Shabot Shon got the first of uh his two uh assists for the match uh laid it off to Ryan's Hollingshead who just you know one time shot uh, almost almost like a path just smooth pass kind of smoothly kicked it into the back of the get, the net and uh, FC Dallas was uh was up 1-0 um, and I think the entire complexion of the match kind of opened up from that point on. No, definitely. Um, and I, I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but kind of for you, you mentioned Brian Acosta. Um, and ever since coming back from the Gold Cup, it's he's kind of been a good player to have coming off the bench. Um, I mean, not, no, normally you would expect Acosta to be be a starter, but it kind of as he's being worked back into the team right now um he kind of brings a sense of uh a stability within the midfield per se um he's not the all out defensive player but he's also not the all out attacking player he kind of adds some balance to to the midfield and um and he also br- brings a level of intensity uh, like in the in the Seattle game <laughs> You know, one of his critiques is just his kind of his uh, long shot taking, but you, you see him trying to f- put himself into space and opportunities to at least set himself up for uh, opportunity like that. Um, but then also being able to combine with both the interior players and the exterior players to be able to carry the ball um, and make a quick transition. Um, he he kind of really does dictate quite a bit of just the overall speed and intensity and tempo. Uh, within the midfield when he comes in as a late addition and it, it it's it's i guess great for from the fc dallas perspective because he adds a, another complexity level to fc dallas's tactics tactics and makes it that just much harder for um fc dallas's opposition to okay great now we got another player to worry about uh, bossing the midfield yeah you know, we saw a number of uh, of times where uh acosta helped open things up to you with uh with kind of a a long crossing ball, which is something that, that he's pretty good at. That uh, you know, that none of them ended up as goals in this match. Uh, I think that there was one that uh, uh, Pepe put a shot on goal uh, around the 60th minute uh, that was that was saved. Uh, it was that was one of the Acosta through balls. But um, the 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 two changes at halftime, and then of course just the getting getting a goal forced uh, uh austin to to start to open up a little, a little bit more which obviously uh, presented more opportunities for fc dallas they were able to take advantage of uh of that again uh at the 63rd minute when uh, uh jesus ferreira uh got his uh, second goal uh second goal of the season 
second goal of the night uh, for uh, for the club. Uh, it was uh, it was one where uh, I think Tafari forced a, a, a turnover, uh, got a pass over to to Shun, and he uh, uh, laid it off to 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 Jesus, um, who again kind of slotted it in and uh, got what ended up being a fairly easy goal uh, from a shot perspective. There's kind of a, a couple of things that I saw there, uh, Nico. One was um, in, in in this match and the, the the last couple of matches where we've seen uh, Shun kind of get, get an assist, seems to be picking out, making the right pass and picking out the right opportunities, kind of knowing where his uh, his teammates are. Um, and we saw that definitely in the the two goals in this match. The other thing that was uh, I think pretty apparent on on the uh, the second goal, the one from Jesus, was uh, how Pepe was impacting things because uh, you know Pepe made a run through the box, uh, pulled the defenders with him. Jesus was you know was following and and Shun just kind of find that little bit of space uh, behind Pepe before Jesus arrived. And um, you know we 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 saw that in this match and we actually saw. Uh, almost this, the the same thing later on uh, uh, in, in the match where uh, I think Pepe was making a run and it was Shun was, was the follower uh, and uh, it was Hutter O'Brien actually decided to to take a shot I think instead of uh, instead of lay it off but um, it's 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 been a nice thing to see I don't know if you've got any big uh, takeaways from the, the the couple of goals FC Dallas scored against uh, Austin um, maybe not. In terms of the goals per se, but it's I think it's refreshing that Jesus scored. Um, just kind of given how well of a preseason he had, and then kind of the excitement and reports coming out of preseason saying he's playing with a lot of confidence. He looked to be on a really good scoring streak, and then had the unfortunate shoulder injury, and then it's kind of come back in and had a strong start, and then um, in comparison to his strong start, kind of had a dip in performance. Um, and that has been a critique of his play per se is that some games will be really high and some games will be really low. Um, but you, you, with each game, you see him getting more and more comfortable kind of what his overall role is. Um, it seemed, I don't, I don't know about you, but I would kind of say that Jesus's role this year is a little bit different than what we've seen, uh, in the previous two years when he's played under Luchi Gonzalez kind of has that weird nine, 10 role centrally. Now Jesus can kind of play both, can come in deep to receive the ball, which ideally you might want to have him a little bit higher, but uh, he now has the opportunity to play off of Pepe, and those Jesus and Pepe both have an amazing connection there, but then also has the ability to then also play off uh, your your midfield players as well. So um, it, it's a it, it's an it, it's nice to see kind of how he's having s- this success and even if he's not scoring goals he's having quite a bit of an impact either helping Pepe and in this instance on that second goal where Pepe drew off defenders Jesus is doing the same thing but then also being able to combine and create uh to help the team and quite quite a quite a bit of off the ball movement too that is really key to opening up some spaces and really creating different uh options for Dallas going forward. Agreed, and and I think that uh, I mean we saw you know, early on uh, when Jesus and Pepe were both starting, what about five or six games ago? We saw uh, those two play off each other quite well. I think it really helped rev Pepe up. Uh, we've seen it, it seems like interesting enough. Jesus probably hasn't played as well as far as like the full match the last couple of matches, but he still managed to get on the score sheet. So uh, I, I guess it's. Uh, 
we'll we'll we'll, we'll take the the good with the bad. Um, when I when I look across just the overall front four, so the so the front four for for FC Dallas uh, against uh, Austin was 19 years old was the average age, uh, and we look at uh, you know them compared to the starting four from the beginning of the season. Uh, I think uh, FC Dallas's uh, initial game, I had to go back and look for sure, but I, I, I would assume it would be in uh, Hara O'Brien. Um, Vargas and uh, I think they were playing the three man backline so that they would have like Ricardo or somebody as the as the ten. So the the total transformation of the of the front four I think is is kind of amazing. I don't think we would have we would have picked this uh, this front four to to be uh, what we would see from FC Dallas, but obviously it's it's starting to work. Uh, and and I don't know uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, the if it's if it's if it's speed, if it's uh, this team just likes to play off uh, is playing off uh, each other well, or if it's confidence or what it is, but um, we're starting to see just kind of across the board on that the, that front four really starting to uh, create opportunities and not just create opportunities but finish opportunities, which is something we weren't seeing earlier in the year. You know, hashtag play the kids, even though Shonen is technically not a homegrown, but you know. Still a kid, man. Still a kid. <laughs> He's still a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Cue up, doesn't, cue doesn't, have that. Our, doesn't have to be our kids, right? Just has to be <laughs> has to be kids in general. Yeah. Cue, cue up that hashtag again. But you know, um, on the opposite end of kids, you know, Matt Hedges through these past three games, according to the his MLS match log, fifteen minutes. So you, you see, see uh, the goat coming back onto the field for a couple of minutes now. Well, he's going to have to. I'm sure we'll get into it here in a minute when we're talking about the <laughs> the next match. But uh, he hopefully hopefully he's ready to to go uh, more than than 15 minutes. Since uh, uh, probably one of the few negatives to take away from that match was uh, uh, just a, a, a silly yellow card from Bersan trying to make uh, he uh, gave away the ball. Um, tried to win it back, kind of got uh, outmaneuvered by the opposing player, and then uh, decided to try to tackle from behind and uh, and missed. Uh, got the player, got a yellow card, and now uh, he'll be out for the the match uh, next weekend uh, on yellow card accumulation. Definitely, and it's kind of unfortunate uh, <laughs> with the with the FC Dallas backline situation. So there's the opportunity of Hedges coming in. Um, assuming a healthy Justin Che, we all know that Justin Che can also play center back. So some options there. Um, you know, if, if Tanner Tessman was still here, we could also argue Tanner Tessman could play center back. Spent, did spend some time doing that with North Texas before kind of solidifying a position centrally, but <laughs> in, in, uh, interesting Interesting situation for FC Dallas kind of coming up in terms of having to figure out who's going to replace Brisson in that back line. So, so I know you had a, an opportunity to talk to to Justin Che over the last week uh, as part of an article you're writing. Any any big takeaways you want the the viewer to be aware of? Do you think he's going to be ready soon? Um, no. Thank you for setting up an amazing plug. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no 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 i it definitely is um you know school and work gets in the way but um it was a conversation i had with che maybe one or two weeks ago um which was really cool to sit down and talk with him just to kind of get 
know him a little bit, trying to understand what his overall demeanor is. Um, really, really mature kid. Um, I mean, he knows that there's, uh, he has a potential and there's a lot of excitement around him as a player. Um, so in he, 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 what, what's really struck me the most and what you can definitely go read on a third degree dot net in that article is he's a very selfless individual. Um, you know, uh, he kind of talked about how when he was coming up, he played more, uh, higher up in the field. So, um, similar to Edwin Cerillo, actually Edwin playing, uh, wing, yeah, playing wing in the academy before kind of becoming now the, the six in this situation, um, before getting moved towards center back, uh, because he was drawing comparisons to his dad, who had also played the same position. Um, so Justin then kind of went on and played uh, center back for a bit, but he's also aware that, uh, and something that he really kind of emphasized in in that interview was, hey, I'm I'm here to do uh, whatever the team needs me to do. Um, and it, it and it kind of really came to light when I asked him. It's like, hey, FC Dallas has had. Uh, an interesting right back situation. You know, you had you had Reggie there. You had uh, Brian Reynolds and coming through. You had Eddie Manjoma, and each of those three players made the right back position their own. They had a characteristic that defined them that made the right back their own. Um, so I was curious. Okay, you will uh, ask Justin. Is there something that you kind of want to make the right back position your own? And he goes, No, 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 no. It's all about what kind of what the team needs. Um, and it's it's true when you kind of look back on Justin Che's play over these past few games there's not really one thing that you could say oh this is what makes Justin Che right back you you've seen him change his play and it it comes with him growing becoming more comfortable as playing as the right back but there's something different in each game that you can pin down to the tactic sometimes he's going to sit back a little bit more knowing that okay they're going to come at me a whole lot more versus other games where he's going to be moving up a whole lot more to help support that attack he's not kind of he's not quite like the reggie it's defense first then go in and whip in some crosses or brian reynolds with his athleticism and skill and amazing crossing abilities and abilities to combine interiorly um with justin it's very much of okay this is my duty this is what i'm going to do uh what helps for the team and what kind of the biggest thing that also impressed me is he, everyone's anticipating a move to Bayern. I mean, he, he also expressed how much he enjoyed that experience. Um, but he is 100% focused on FC Dallas right now, um, which is really nice to see. Um, sometimes they, uh, you, I haven't seen it with FC Dallas Academy players, but you might, you've, can see it or kind of with other players that know that they have a lot of potential and there might be focused a little their focus might be a little down the road but no Justin is 100% committed and focused to the team right now which is really which is really nice to see from him yeah I agree and uh d- did you get I don't know if, I, if you've heard do you know if he's back in practice yet I do not know anything about his uh practice of, uh, availability but the uh Definitely be hopeful, hopeful that he might be able to come back in. Oh, sure. And I mean, in his absence, uh, it's been a really good opportunity for for Emma to to step up, who I think has also grown quite a bit in in the role. I think that uh, uh, he was kind of in a point where if he didn't start getting minutes this year, I don't think that there is going to be another year. I think this is the the last year on his contract. 
Um, and so it's it has been good to see uh, Emma starting also to make that right back uh, uh, position his own over the last couple of matches and, and performing well, uh, starting to move forward a bit more over the last couple of matches too. So both uh, offensively and defensively. So it's, uh, yeah, where it was kind of sad to see Justin uh, take a step back because of the, the injury. Um, it had to take a few matches away, but it has opened up for Emma. Uh, and as you mentioned, right, chances are uh, Justin's gone at the end of the year. So, uh, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to to see the continued growth of uh, Tomasi and and uh, get a renewal for him because you know this this team needs uh, this team needs a, a, a right back uh, uh, that can consistently play uh, for for the for this team so that they don't have to go through uh, somebody like Ryan Hollingshead up at the on the the right side again. <laughs> I mean, there's always the three men in the back option, but like you were saying, yeah, no, Ima coming in has been um, uh, really nice to see. Uh, it's those generation Adidas contracts are pretty nice. They really afford teams kind of the time to really see what the player has. But um, no, good for Ima, and it kind of brings up a question I, uh, I regarding kind of the the this uh, this road stretch is which player do you feel like has kind of been uh, impressed you the most or really has stood out over these couple of games wow nico um i can give you mine a, if, if you if you need to think about it yeah you can give you can give me yours and i'll just say whatever you said yes <laughs> um for me it would be saboshon um he kind of drew a little criticism when he first came into the team because boom just throw throw him right in and he really did not mesh well in terms of the the style of play or just kind of the overall flow. Um, then coming back from the Euros, he now has time to work into the squad. And what has really impressed me the most watching him play is that he's a very intelligent player. Uh, he knows exactly what he wants to do, um, both going forward, um, seeing plays kind of build out in front of him before they really happen. Um, he, not the, not the most vocal individual and uh, understandably 2021 coming into this, uh, uh, coming to the United States, you know, dubbed the Hungarian cowboy after, (laughs) after the Austin game. Um, but what has me saying is that he's an intelligent player is he knows how to read other players. Um, and it was really, it's pretty evident when he's about to get fouled. Or when he sees a strong challenge is going to come in. Because he will either push the ball away um, or angle his body in such a way to where he draws the foul. Um, which I find re- find really impressive to see at a player of, at, at such a young age. That's kind of something you'd see maybe out of a bit more veteran player. Um, it, he really knows how to read a game. And his just one-on-one ability in that aspect has been extremely impressive. So for, for me, Saboshun has kind of been really impressive uh, in that regard. And it, that was when, when you asked me about the first one that popped in my head was, was Shun, but it, and I was trying to determine if it was just because it was the most recent. Um, but even in the, in the, the last podcast that Dustin and I did after the SKC match, right, he was the one that I called it as kind of like the, the offensive player of the game, uh, despite the fact that, uh, you know, Jesus got that, uh, game winning goal, uh, in, uh, for, so 
so I don't just you know go go with you, the same thing you. Uh, interesting enough, it's this the 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 other player I uh, I chose is the man of the match in in the last podcast, uh, which would probably be uh, uh, Falcu Cunyon because uh, I think that over over the last few matches. Uh, his ability to step up and play consistent defense as a six, which is something, uh, if we if we go back and think about uh, the holes that FC Dallas had to fill, right? Uh, you know, if, if if we were to go back, let's say eight games ago, and talk about all the all the holes, it would have been you know filling that number six position would have been getting consistent play from uh, the right back and then finding a sol- solution on the wing, right? Uh, and I think that interesting enough. You know, FC Dallas has found something in each one of those cases uh, on the wing, both with uh, with Paxton and Shun, right? Both uh, getting consistent minutes, uh, and then yeah, Faku's really he's really started to to play into games, uh, be, be very uh, defensively uh, sound, um, and I think it, even over the last couple of matches, we've started to see him come forward on occasion, right? Still, he's he's still a primarily defensive player. Um, but that's that's probably the other person that I've just seen consistently play and help keep the uh, the, the team in the match. Uh, and then you know, other than uh, the the one uh, mistake by by Jimmy, which man what was that like four three four or five games ago? I think Jimmy's been the guy that's been consistent every single game, pretty much game in game out uh, over this season. Yeah, you could definitely argue Jimmy is probably this team's MVP for this season. Um, <laughs> I feel like a couple of games could have gone a whole lot more worse if it weren't for Jimmy Maurer's heroics. Um, but I think you, you mentioned Facundo, and I was kind of thinking the other day is he's kind of an interesting player, right? Because um, his on-the-field performance has been has been pretty solid coming into the team and kind of really providing some sort of stability uh, right in front of that back line. And like you were mentioning, now starting to come a, a little bit forward. Um, really, I for me, nothing too much to complain about him. Um, but I do kind of find it interesting, just kind of on the more philo- philosophical side is, uh, you know, it's part of FC Dallas's kind of mantra and scouting network to look in the South American area. And now you have Andre... Uh, Andre Zanota coming uh, into this team and expanding kind of that South American presence. But I kind of wonder um, for, for a guy of that quality, right? I, you, you, we've in recent years, you've heard players like Cobra and like Reto all say that I came to FC Dallas because I know that they're a competitive team and I believe that I can take them to that next level. FC Dallas is one of those really top teams uh, that are really consistent. Um, and this year with Facundo kind of being a mid-season addition, um, I, I kind of wonder what the thought process there, or uh, thought process actually isn't the right word, but maybe what the, I guess, pitch per se was with FC Dallas really struggling. And for a player of that quality, um, I just kind of wonder what, what, what the <laughs> what's going through his mind there. Because may, maybe he looked historically at, okay, now I see FC Dallas is a good team and I feel like I can be that presence maybe maybe the salary is really good maybe the prospect of coming to the united states is really good and i imagine each and every player is very different but um i only i only thought about it just because the more recent higher profile players all all are saying that dallas is a oh uh jose martinez said the same thing uh in the offseason 
when he was interviewed uh, by Garrett. It he they they're all saying that FC Dallas is a top consistent and competitive team that they all feel like that they can help add to this team and take them to the next level. But with the uh, with the Facundo situation, it's just a little bit different. But very very nice to see that he's kind of not checked out mentally per se, given the previous performances before he came in, and you know really has kind of helped uh, turn things around a little bit. Yeah, in the few first few matches, it was. It was hard to tell his quality, but it, he's definitely has gotten used to the speed of MLS and kind of uh, uh, when to go for the the tackle, when not to, and uh, he's he's really has come into his own. Uh, and now uh, FC Dallas looking forward is probably in a bit of a you know, a quandary where you've got to start looking at uh, you know what changes now. Now, uh, now Lucci's. Uh, you know, going uh, to, to play SKC again. SKC has actually played uh, fairly well since they lost to FC Dallas a couple of weeks ago. They uh, went to LAFC and got a four-one win, uh, then tied against Colorado, uh, and now they're now they're coming here playing against FC Dallas. And we've seen now Lucci's brought Acosta back up. Um, you know, I, I would not be surprised if we start to see Acosta starting again regularly. Um, and then you've got the. The other midfielders, there's you know Jesus, who's we've talked about, who's played really well, um, and then you know, you've got uh, Facundo and and, uh, and Edwin. Um, yeah, my expectation is probably Edwin, who's going to be the one. Edwin and probably Ricarte, who are the ones who are going to be coming off the bench. Um, but you know, it's the FC. You know, Lucci's actually got. Uh, you know, when you look at the bench for this last match and some of the matches coming forward, it's. He, he actually has a deep bench, right? Early, early in the year, right? It was, you know, uh, you, we were all complaining that Lucci would make late subs, but we'd go and he'd look at his bench and there was like one or two people that he could trust. Um, now with the rotation and the, the health of some of the younger players um, and some consistency, uh, you now go and you look at the bench, and you're like, wow, they've got, you know, you know, Hedges and Cirillo and Cervinia and and Franco Hara and you know it's like a, a list of you know Acosta in the last match it was like a list of uh you know high caliber trusted players that uh FC Dallas can bring up and it's I mean it's this team has gone from a very very small untrusted bench to probably one of the deepest benches all in the league you bring up a really good point about the substitution patterns in the bench um like you're saying has been a criticism of Lucci um, I <laughs> kind of one of my most, maybe not favorite memories, but uh, one that has stuck with me is when Lucci was first with the team, um, and there was that Philadelphia game, and FC Dallas had, I want to say they had the lead, and then you know everyone on Twitter is like, oh okay, well you know FC Dallas has the lead, it's a great time to bring in Brisson, so that way you have Hedges, Ziegler, and Brisson, that way can they really shut down the game and solidify the three points or maybe maybe it was a draw but the 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 whole point the whole argument on twitter was okay solidify points um and and then it was the home game and it comes back and i think it was armon armon had asked the question about it's like oh what'd you kind of learn about the defensives you know you know there's a phrasing that she kind of used to bring up a question like that and luchi immediately goes oh you thought i should have brought on (laughs) versan so um just to kind of see the growth from there has been really, uh, really nice from Lucci. So credit to Lucci on the substitution pattern. But I, you 
mentioned, I think it really does help when you have a deep bench now that you see with FC Dallas and bringing on guys like you're saying, Ricarte and Franco Jara and Brandon and Acosta all really kind of helps with uh, some of those decisions as well. And a lot of guys who early on in the season were were starters for the team um, are now on the bench and not, yeah. And a lot of it because other players have have stepped up and it's given uh, given Lucci some opportunities. Um, and then you know the other thing that, that this uh, little uh, point streak, I'll say non non losing streak that FC Dallas is going through right now. The other thing that it's done is uh, you know maybe it's uh, maybe it has bought Lucci a contract renewal. We will see, but. Uh, you know the 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 Twitter spheres of Lucci's outs have uh, somewhat dissipated all of a sudden, um, and you know now there's I mean, maybe there is an opportunity for for Lucci to turn something into turn the season into something, um, and maybe uh, quell some of those uh, you know those naysayers from from uh, earlier in the season. Oh man, yeah, you know it's kind of a uh, FC Dallas is having. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> was a, a Seattle situation. It really build up some momentum and steam towards the end, going into, what, October, November, December. You know, kind of, I do kind of miss December playoff games. But, you know, FC Dallas building some momentum going into into the playoff season. You know, this might be the start of something, but I also it don't want to yeah. get the hopes up too high. And, you know, now that I'm... Now I'm back and can watch games live. Might all derail again. <laughs> well, F- F- FC Dallas is still below the the playoff line. They're in uh, eighth spot. Uh, that realistically, I think from a points per game perspective, if I remember right, they're at like 1.09 or something like that, and they've got to probably realistically get to about 1.4 uh, to to really secure a playoff seat, at least on a traditional year. Or so. Uh, they've still got their work cut out from them as far as you know, consistently delivering points to before we can uh, start being excited about uh, an opportunity. They do have a nice stretch of uh, of matches coming up. Uh, so uh, you know, the next match is going to be home against uh, SKC. Uh, then they have a, uh, a midweek match uh, against uh, Seattle, uh, and then I believe it's uh, two on the road against. Uh, uh, Houston and, and Austin. I'm just pulling it up right now. Um, that is correct. Right. So they've got, I mean, games that, uh, you know, if they can continue to play that the way they have been playing, they should be able to get points. Uh, those two ro- road wins are against uh, teams that are below them in the standings and two home, you know, home games against teams that they just took points from. So uh, hopefully this is an opportunity for uh, FC Dallas to continue with the momentum. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep us, uh, excited now, uh, some, some other teams maybe looking to, to build a little momentum, uh, what's going on, uh, with uh, North Texas these days. Uh, do we want to do a, uh, a North Texas update with Nico? Yeah. I, I would call it, I would call it the, the 92nd Nico, but I don't know. That just, you know, it just sounds like it might be something else. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 Dustin again. So no music no, no. and no timer. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, let's see. So last we left off with North Texas, North Texas was about to head up to Omaha. Um, very difficult place to play. Um, just both given the, uh, (laughs) conditions within Omaha is probably the best way to put it. Um, but, uh, more importantly, Omaha is a consistent team. Uh, they are a very good team. Um, and 
a difficult team to play against. Um, so kind of a tall task for North Texas there who before heading into their bye week, were really hoping that they could kind of get two back-to-back wins because um, they looked to be really building upon within. They had it seemed like to have built some, some chemistry and okay, some chemistry and some momentum there. Um, but you know, uh, the squeaked out a one, one draw against Omaha. So, you know, uh, road points, road points are always good. And then, then coming, uh, then going on the road yet again against Tucson this time. Fortunately, no stream. There seemed to be some technical difficulties there. Um, but, you know, really thankful to the FC Tucson social media individuals for posting some videos and really keeping the game up to score. And that that was a completely different game. North Texas really coming off on a strong foot uh, with Kazoo <laughs> opening the scoring with, I think, at the 15th minute mark right there getting his fourth goal of the season and now becoming the leading goal scorer for North Texas. And then Gibran Rayo later on getting uh, a, a goal himself, making it 2 nothing. Um So North Texas also undefeated <laughs> as well since the last time we've talked about North Texas, which is kind of nice. Exactly. Yeah. Bo- both both teams winning, uh, you know, while, uh, while Nico was away, you know, coincidental, of course. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's good to see, uh, hopefully that the team, uh, that both of the teams can continue to keep it up. Uh, we'll, you know, lots of opportunities for FC Dallas coming up, like I said, uh, to, uh, at least, uh, continue to drive from a momentum perspective, uh, build up in the standings. Uh, anything else, Nico, that you want to touch on before we, uh, wave goodbye to our friendly pod listeners? Yeah. Just one more thing, adding, you know, some fuel to the chaos of the FC Dallas backline replacement. Um, just to bring up, FC Dallas did uh, d- does have uh, Kaiser Gomez as a loan option from North Texas, who has been an extremely impressive defender for North Texas. So um, I don't think Kaiser might get the start, but you definitely might see him on, on the bench, um, as we did see in Colorado. Did, was he on the bench in Colorado? Okay, I'm not going to commit to that statement, but um, there's a likelihood that you might actually see Kaiser within the 18 for North Texas, just as a uh, center back depth opportunity. And, you know, might be if he ever does, if he does get playtime on the field, might not. Um, it's going to be MLS is definitely a different level than USL League One, but also a player that uh, <laughs> to be excited for and to definitely watch out for if that opportunity does come his way. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll be able to see him like late in the match because uh, FC Dallas is up like five zero and they're just gonna play three in the back, or or, place, or yeah, place three in or, the or back hedges, com- or hedges wants to take a rest, you know. Yeah, place three in the back, then comes up in like the ninety ninetieth plus third minute, and then gets the goal on a corner. That'd <laughs> be like go. the most North Texas thing to happen. So, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Nico. Uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me tonight and uh, uh, taking time from your from your work in the lab. Um, hey, listeners! Thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Dallas Soccer Show, online at DallasSoccerShow.com, or the Striker Texas. Uh, thanks for listening. Feel free to hit that little subscribe button. Talk to you later.